Russian, you idiots. <laughs> and I'm Ukrainian. Yeah, and she's, <laughs> hello. <laughs> We're with Ukrainian yeah. Oksana Masters. Nice. Uh, and I, I don't even know how to, there, you have too many titles. And it's too, like, I feel like anything I'd say would insult you. So Olympian. Wait, Olympian, yes. Yeah. Paralympian. Paralympian. Um, uh, how many medals in total? 17. Do you know how gnarly you a are? Very decorated says, Olymp- Paralympian. But when you say how many medals in total, and they, and, and they go uh, like that with their eyes, like, no. let's see, because it's been a few. I'm like, no. that's, yeah, that's awesome. And what is, what is that you're looking at? Like, what are you thinking? Like, how many, or what year, what year, what year, or was it? No, I, like, I, well, because, like, just recently between Tokyo and Beijing, it was, what was it? I don't even know. Was it, I see, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't count medals. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. You, you don't know how many you won <laughs> in Beijing. Well, because I don't count the medals. Like, well, in Beijing, I what won What do you mean seven. you don't have the medals? Well, I don't count, like, the medals. Like, so in Beijing, I won You, you seven got them at home, medals. right? Yes, but, like, Do you put them anywhere, or are they just stash, like, his <laughs> victories where it's just, like, in the garage? Oh, well, look at that. I've won some shit. <laughs> I'm kind of like Tony. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like there was an event I had to go to and they were like, can you bring your gold medals? And I was like, my, my boyfriend Anna was like, oh my God, I can't find the medals at all. And so I had a couple, but then not all of them. And I ended up finding them under the sock and under a closet. I guess you guys can look for those when it's truly over. You know? <laughs> when you've got nothing else to do because you can't do what you were doing. Let's let's go be, let's gonna, go to the garage and reminisce. We're yeah. gonna Uncle Rico our way into retirement. Yeah, no, yeah, you'll be calling people like Jason, come over, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to go to your garage and hear about your fucking victories again. <laughs> In 1985, I don't have to tell you I invented the fucking blah blah blah. I'm like, yes, dude, you have. That's how I think wow. about that. Welcome to our show. I love it. This Thank you it. guys for letting yes, me be here. Yes, absolutely. Did you have something you want to get your chest? A little bit, okay. yeah. Go I'm ahead. a little hot because I had to like do some stuff when I got into the studio because I come in here. Forgive us. Forgive and us. the table is like in another spot. <laughs> the board is on a chair. <laughs> and there's a cord wrapped around the chair leg to the, to the board. So that means... If you move it and you don't see that it's attached to the chair leg, that's popping out of your hand and smashing on the ground. Also, several fucking TV remotes and a pen on the board. <laughs> Touching the buttons. I, yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, I don't know how you defend yourself from that. It's not gonna. So anyway, <laughs> it's all tangled. All the microphone cords are all tangled. Everything is disrespected. So I go, Seth. Because I'm about to, like, I love Seth, but somebody who works here in your fucking department <laughs> is getting chewed out by Jason. In a pleasant way, I'd be like, look, seriously, like, you can't treat, treat the equipment like that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and then Seth goes, yeah, that's your boy, Tony. So you did that. <laughs> what kind of a rush are you in, man? I was in a, an extreme rush. Right. I, I, in my defense, if I may. Good, good luck. <laughs> 
I've been running nonstop because I leave for Europe on Monday and yeah. trying to get all this stuff finished and it's all back to back. We literally came here to meet Oksana at seven thirty a.m. Yeah, that was oh, that was stay. that was a good one. That, that, that Thank you very much. Fault. Wow. No, but but also, so it's kind I of your fault. Something right after this. Totally no, 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 no. It's I take full responsibility. That, I don't want that. I want him <laughs> to apologize because it's look. It's, yeah, I didn't. I was trying to throw him under the bus. I've been to therapy. I did, here's here's what happened, and then I have to do I, I have to do all this press for Mattel. Yeah. Big thing with Mattel, and I need the background. Yeah. For Zoom. You couldn't use the Vera. No. Okay. This is also my office, by the way. Yeah, okay, that was a good argument. Fair enough. Okay. Continue. This is my office. This yeah. is actually the table where we're supposed to have meetings and stuff. So yeah. I do utilize it in that sense sometimes. Okay. But I needed a clean background. I needed more distance from the wall here. So I moved the table out. I had to clear it off the table. I put the soundboard over there. I don't remember putting the remotes on the soundboard. Perhaps that happened. Mm. <laughs> and then I also, uh, this one is probably not as, as defendable. I use these lights for my lighting. Well, the lights still work, so I don't have a problem with that. But I, well, I, I just, just the bit where I'm supposed to say I accept your apology, so I'm not sure. I I'm not quite sure I got one. Right. That's it. But look, let me tell you. Can we just agree or disagree? About no, this? I have to tell you how I feel because I don't want any resentment. I feel like <laughs> when you tangle the cords and you put the board on the chair that you don't care about the show. <laughs> I care about the show. You tell I've been to therapy. That's, I have to tell you that because I don't want to have any resentment. Okay, right. So there it is. I, I feel like you don't care about the show when I you do stuff like that. apologize for disrupting the cables and the soundboard and the table. I totally accept your apology. Let's continue. Let's have a great show. You know? Yes. Hey, Oksana, how, how are you? Good, good to see you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. This is, I feel like I'm on cloud nine right now. This is uh, I read your book. It is riveting, fascinating, inspiring, and I recommend everyone read it. And we don't have to go into every single thing on it, so you don't to ruin it for people. But um, was it hard to get into all, all the details of your story? Yes, it, absolutely. And it was... Um, one of those things when it was said, I was like, oh my God, it kind of hits you like all the people that you know, like, ooh, I don't know if I actually want them to know these parts now of the mm -hmm. company. Because I'm afraid that's gonna like change the way like they view you and don't want it to be like, they see you as like what happened to you, what you've been through mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But at the same time, there's some things I've never shared with anyone either that it was very therapeutic. I don't know, yeah. like when you went through your process, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure if you knew, but everything you're saying right now is like totally. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. And then, so it's coming out in February in 2023, and so it's, and I just got the first. I think I forgot what it's called, advanced copy. So before it's fully edited, mm -hmm. yeah. it's like, that looks like a book, and you're mm -hmm. like, shit, it just got real. Happening. Yeah, shit just got real. <laughs> this is now like out in black and white, and it's. Um, well, you, like, I think you also did keep your boundaries set. You didn't share every single thing, so I yeah. think that you know. You, can rest easy with that. Yeah. Um, but the whole story starts to finish. It's just, it, it captivates you. And, and um, I mean, just being in the orphanage and, and coming to America and, and then getting your legs amputated. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing the, the summary of all of it. Uh, but it, and then finding sports. Yeah. I mean, so I always say like that, like, so my mom saved my life because I mean, it's out there. They know, like I, when I, was adopted. I 
should not have lived past 10 years old and just I was starving to death and not in the best conditions and she saved my life that time and then she saved my life by opening the door of sports for me but then sport is what ultimately saved my life in that way because it was in the middle of going through amputations and you found sport in the middle of surgeries to amputate your legs yeah, I started right beforehand. Like I was always. What was the thing that you were rowing? Okay, so you already found that. Yeah, and, then... and at that time I had one prosthetic leg and one real leg. Still. Okay, so you had already had a leg amputated. Yeah. So you knew what it was like. Exactly. And was that I... a good thing to look forward to or a bad thing? Well, I was nine years old, and kids are so resilient. Like I had no idea when I came to America. I thought they were gonna. They said you're gonna get a new leg. Yeah. Brand new legs, and. I thought it was going to be us getting like your guys' legs, like right. your legs, not not the things that I take off every night. Right. Um, but that amputation, like it was a few months before I was up and walking my leg again. I just I have to go back just for a second because you you passed it like it was nothing. But <laughs> you said that like when you were in the Ukraine, you were starving mm-hmm. and you had your legs. You I had both of my legs then. And yeah. how did they? Could you walk? Like what did they? So, How did they operate? Well, that's what, like, the doctors in America, like, when my mom took me to the, ho- the, do- the office, she was like, how do I stop her? I was carried in because I was so small and it was easier. So she just, like, was carried in, put on the doctor's, like, the office ta- or the table. And so the doctor never saw me walk. And he's like, oh, yeah, her legs, like, we're going to have to amputate them and blah, blah, She's like, well, how do I stop them, stop her from moving around and jumping around right now? And he's looking like, well, she can't walk over her legs. Because I, I didn't have any of the tibias at all, the main weight-bearing bone. Yeah. And I had a fibula, but it looked like a salt shaker was just like, and when you take the x-ray. So it wasn't a full bone. It was very... So you couldn't walk. So in theory, I should not have been able to walk. You were walking. She, she could, but yeah. I was, but, I, but as a survival mechanism in Ukraine, like I had to get around somehow. I didn't have a wheelchair. And my leg was like, when at that seven and a half, I was adopted or mm. like five, six inches longer than my other one. When you say you were hungry, you remember it. Yeah. So you remember being like six and seven and yeah. how, like try to explain to me what, how, what, what, like how does it, how do you not get food? Who's the, who can't get the food? Is it like who in the family is? So I went, when I was born, I was put up straight for adoption. So I lived in three different orphanages. Okay. And in Ukraine, the way they do it is you live, you're from birth to three, you're in one orphanage. Okay. Three to five, you're in a, another orphanage. Okay. And then at five years old, you're considered an adult. So you can move into the adult orphanage from five to 16, they kick you out of the orphanage. Okay. And if you're not adopted, then you, a lot of you go on the street or in the military kind yeah. of thing. Um, so it's the last orphanage that I remember the most right. of, and that's where a lot And what's that like? What's a day-to-day in there? Um... Not the best, to be honest. Like it's not. Um, it sounded brutal. Yeah, and and that's why, like, like when my mom, like, what I say in the book, like, she, it was really interesting learning her experience too, because my experience, I didn't know any different. It was my everyday, my normal. Yeah. But here, seeing her, so when she, the day she came into the orphanage to get me, the pipes bursted, and it was so cold that it was. They leaked and it was frozen. You could see your breath. And so, like, that's the first thing she saw is people were chipping away in the ice. And it was so dark in there. The lights were not on often because electricity was out. And 
Um, I say starving to death because I was almost eight when I came to America. And when my mom came to Ukraine, I was 34 pounds. 36 pounds, 34 inches tall. And so it was very much like a healthy three-year-old instead mm-hmm. of trying eight. And that was 36, like, standing on my tall leg, too. Yeah. Um, we, so that last orphanage was a government-ran orphanage. So they called it, like, internat. And it is a small village. And so um, there was really 300-plus kids there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them had families, so they would just go and you know, their families pay the government money and they stay there. It's like a boarding school, but mm-hmm. not like the boarding okay. school you think of. So, right, because it's not, no one's really looking out for you guys. Right? <clears throat> well, for them, but then on a different wing of that, in a different building, was the orphanage where the kids had no families at all. So on holidays, they, the ghost kids could go home whenever they wanted to, but the orphans lived there. And that is the stuff that um, a lot of the really scary things were happening uh, and things like that. Could you walk then still? Yeah. I walked yeah. and I was the smallest. So I had like um, some of the kids would give me piggyback rides and stuff. Okay. So you had some friends. I had friends. Yeah. And there's a part, yeah, I talk about my friend lady in there. And that was really, really hard to share. Um but, you know, it's, she ended up passing away in the orphanage and didn't make it out. And in the book, it's a little more detailed. And I think that was, like, the hardest part to really share. And you, you carried her with you all that time? Yeah. yeah. I don't know when you, like, ride or anything, you just all of a sudden feel, like, a burst of wind. or all of a sudden, you just feel something. And mm-hmm. I don't that to me. It's, like, I feel that every time I race. Like, it's, like, who's pushing me? And then there's no one there. It's just me. And... That's, I feel like that's... Her friend, her, her friend was very close and protected her a lot in the orphanage and they would sometimes sneak out and yeah. do stuff together. And there play. was a lot of abuse going on. A lot of physical abuse and lack of food. And she would protect me from that. And she didn't really get out of there. And one of the times she was trying to protect me um, because it was my fault. We were hungry. There's no way you can take the blame for any of that. It's just not possible. It, well, I'm a klutz. You possible, saw me. But like, it's possible circumstances. There's no way. Like, they, it's, it's, and yeah. I, I, I understand. You know, I understand that you, you still feel that way in some way, but you just, you just can't. You can't take that on. It's not, you know, the scenario didn't allow for anything else. Ordering all your summer essentials with Dash Pass by DoorDash is a great way to get everything you need. And during the summer of Dash Pass, you can save money and access members-only offers that will that will help you feel easy and breezy all season long. Summer is full of uh, is in full swing. Celebrate beginning during summer uh, of Dash Pass by DoorDash. I'm excited about Dash Pass. Well, I didn't know about Dash Pass. I feel like I'm telling you as I find out at the same time. Do you order DoorDash, but wish you could save, uh, and wait, but wish you didn't have to set, have to pay delivery fees. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dreams come true. Everybody during summer of Dash Pass, you can save money and enjoy new member only offers every week. Whoa. On top of zero delivery fees all year round. What the? 
That's freaking awesome. You guys are idiots if you don't use my promo code. Listen, you idiot. Shine bright during door during uh during DoorDash summer uh of Dash Pass and get 50% off, man. My, 50% off your first order up to $15 value. Use promo code WOLF at checkout when you spend $12 or more. That's 50% off everybody in your first order up to $15 value when you sign up for DoorDash during summer dash pass using promo code WOLF. Don't forget the code is WOLF for 50% off everybody off your first order up to $15 value. Listen to me. There's a certain confidence that comes with being properly groomed. It's a, an aura, a vibe, if you will. You just tell the way that you carry, the, the way they carry themselves. We call it BGE, big groomed energy. And there's only one way to get BGE, and that's Manscaped. We'd like to introduce you to you their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Boom from Manscaped is the leader. And below the waist grooming. Now trust them with the rest. Join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping with the code Manscaped. These guys are the guys. If you have hair and you don't want it, you need a Manscaped. You need to join us. Join me in having. How's my pubes, Katie? Perfect. See? That's what's up, Tony. I'm not asking you. Uh, 20% off free shipping with code HawkWolf at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off, everybody, and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code HawkWolf. Unlock your big groomed energy with Manscaped. And remember, when you trim the hedges, the trees stand taller. Um. But uh, yeah, your mom, her journey was amazing. Coming from America and fighting through the bureaucracy oh my gosh. of Ukrainian paperwork and stuff. <laughs> and being a single woman adopting too, she had to take so many, because in that time in 1997, when she was trying to adopt me, well, I guess 95 really, but it took two years, so she got me in 97. And you had to do an adoption paperwork, <laughs> but a male, like a, a father yeah. down. And so they were, questioning her and like making her take all these psychiatric tests like why are you married what like, yeah. is wrong with you and all these things and <clears throat> just like he, reading her story and that's what this book has like a lot of her that I was learning for the first time too and that was I only knew from her like saving me from the orphanage and giving me this life but yeah. I, I didn't know her story and the process of it huh. and she just it's just like uh, her resilience it and determination like was unreal. I mean, at every turn, it'd be like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. I can't make it happen. I can't do all the stuff. And then she would have to drive to a different city to get other papers to come out. Yeah, it's because it was annoying because it was like, because I was in Ukraine, um, in Khmelnytsky, where it's Western Ukraine. So they're very prominent, only speak Ukrainian. So when the paperwork was translated in Russian, they... The local government people were like, this is Russian, this is unacceptable, we're not going to accept it. So she had to redo everything, and then the paperwork expired, and it was just like, oh. So, so they, 
they don't make it like they try to make it incredibly hard for anybody to save you guys yeah <laughs> and then that yeah and on then, top of the conditions yeah just figured out a way to torture children as best as possible i don't know um if that was the intense it just there was ends just some up bad being eggs. Like yeah there's just some bad people that just take advantage of oh. um, so when you get here, you find rowing. Is that your mom? Like, how did you find rowing? It was my mom, but I hated it at first because... That's what's fascinating. <laughs> when you read the story, it was like, I mean, you no, no. speak for yourself, but but it was just more like, okay, it's something to do. Right. So and your mom, did she row? No, my, my mom and I could not be any more opposite. She loves reading and like... Because she was like, you should row. She, she wanted me, so we moved from Buffalo, New York, because when we came first, we lived in Buffalo, and then we had to move when I was 13, and moved to Louisville, Kentucky, because of her job, and she was, like, thinking that this could help give me, like, make me friends, and right. community, and sport is, like, one way of doing that, but the way it was introduced to me is adaptive rowing, and at that time, I had one prosthetic leg and one real leg, no, I'm not going to do something that's adaptive rowing just because I'm missing a leg, it doesn't even have to do it. An adaptive sport because of that. Oh yeah. But I don't know if that's because I'm 13, opinionated, and thought like yeah. we don't want to be in that odd group. And I wanted to be in my like play, like on a dance team. And like my mom fought for me for like the dance team, which didn't work out because everyone thought, and volleyball team in school, they thought my leg was a liability for other girls instead of me having the right access to participate in the sport. How is it a liability to someone else? In case it would fly off and hit that. How would it fly off? Oh my god. So it's just... Dickheads. Yeah, and it's changing. There's like some schools in some states that are making it more inclusive for people with disabilities and prosthetic limbs or wheelchairs to be included, but it's still a fight and battle. But then my mom was like, on, she's like, just try it, just try it. And I'm just like, fine, stop asking me. If I try it, will you stop? Little did I know I was... How long did it take for you to fall in love with it? About three minutes. From when so, I sat down on the dock and got on the boat and felt the water underneath. Yeah. So then what is it? Just obsession and then you just can't stop rowing? And, you, and how long before you're like, you know what? I'm pretty quick. <laughs> no, it was not. I still didn't. It took me a long time to realize um, I was good in sports. And for me, like, that's what... I started out as sports was just my therapy. Like, I, because I just moved from Buffalo to Kentucky and I just was told I'm going to have to have a second leg amputated and just to just let us know when you're ready, but it's between this window. So you have to give us a date. Mm. And it became my, my therapy. And at that time, I suppressed so many memories that were coming back from Ukraine that I mm. pretend like it didn't happen, but yeah. then I would wake up and my bed was full of sweat and just like nightmares and yep. um, it became a place for me to just like, you don't have to speak. And then yeah. I hated to, like my mom took me to therapist and I'm like, oh yeah, she's going to have to have therapy for the rest of her life. She's going to have medication for the rest of her life to be normal. And just, she's got a lot of like stuff going on because of what happened in there. For me, it was my escape where yep. I could just like on the oars and pull that tug. only thinking about one thing yeah yeah and then, well it's like letting your body speak for you and letting you scream without having yeah. physically to scream yeah and just let all of the anger out yeah and so that's what 
I didn't know it was snappy. I didn't know I was doing this for it. Because when did you decide to be a competitor? Because it sounds like you loved, you loved it, and then yeah. you became, like, passionate about rowing the sport, so I guess you <clears> like <throat> sport that, like, ties into it. But when yeah. did you decide, oh, I'm, I want to win and, and <laughs> beat people? Um... It was like later on, the directors of the Louisville Doctor Rowing Club, they were like, you can, you have a future, you're young, you can go to the Paralympics. Uh, and I had no idea what the Paralympics was. And I ended up Googling it. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, you so and I are just yeah. like, that's so, really strange. So great. But, but your journey, you, I mean, it's not like people finding skateboarding because they find that escape and they don't consider it a sport. Yeah. It's just, oh, this is my freedom. This is where I feel good. And then suddenly it's like, wait, you can do, you can compete. You can, yeah. This uh, is a thing you do for a living. That's weird. Um, yeah. But it's really fascinating that that's how you fell into it just because you love it so much and um, you did have a run of success. I got very, very lucky, but um, not, a, it took a long time because I love the idea of <clears throat> representing something so much bigger than yourself and you're not like, racing as masters or your hometown, which you get to represent through that, but you have something bigger, which is like USA on the back. Yeah. Something bigger. Um, and I fell in love with that idea. So I set out to do it. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the Paralympics in 2008. I found out about it right at the start of 2008. And so I did not, long story short, I did not make that team. And oh. that was, I was devastated and the person that <coughs> she said, oh, well, you're too small. You're, there's a final list of goals for you to be an athlete. And I, when I watched your documentary too, like I, it resonated so much with like with your body type and like the skateboarding and how you did so differently from what other people. And I was like, oh my God, like, um, because being judged based on your, you don't have the ideal what they think is perfect yeah. in that sport or something. Right. Yeah, it's hard to <clears throat> it's hard to, to believe in yourself when everyone is telling you that this doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you found that that Zen in doing it, and that that trumps everything else. Well, she just pissed me off. The person yeah. I think I feel that. like <clears throat> I feel that way too. Is that is that when people would say it, I was like, whatever. I'm still <laughs> you can't stop me. Yeah. All right. Um, and then you figured out a way. And yeah, that's the same. I just I just figured out a way to make it work for my body. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like we all have like I feel like yeah, you know what? I don't have this, but because I don't have this perfect ideal body type, I rely so much more this way. So on my technique, and I'm better at this side of things that mm-hmm. is sometimes overlooked. And I think we all have different body types and structures, and you have that hidden talent only you have because of the way you. Yeah. Built, um, and so then I was like, okay, well, in 2012, <coughs> it was like, I'm gonna do everything I can to make that team. I'm gonna like prove her wrong, and then also prove like what people think <clears throat> the perfect body type is to do a sport too. How many sports do do you do? Because uh, you know, aren't you a medalist in more? Well, I don't really like well, a lot sports, of a lot, yeah, right? Like different sports. Like the okay, so what are they <coughs> for everybody to understand? Um, so I started out in rowing yeah. at the Paralympic Games and then transitioned to cross-country skiing and biathlon, which biathlon is What is cross-country skiing look okay. like? Okay, so it's not downhill. Everyone thinks like cross-country skiing and you're just like going alpine skiing. Yeah. Um, you're on skinnier skis. Skis don't have metal edges on them. 
and you're using your upper body, like double pole technique, okay. to okay. propel yourself forward. And you go up a hill. You don't you go downhill, but you also see up the hills. Oh. And so there's... So when you see the... Yeah. Yeah. It's too much space. So much work. It's like a lot of strength, right? It's a lot of strength. But I love to eat. That's why I do all my sports and endurance sports, because I love to eat and... With my prosthetic legs, I say it's my built-in workout machine so <laughs> I can just burn all the calories and justify all the burritos. Wow. And then cycling, both cycling was the other side. Hawk versus Wolf, are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored in the US, of, of, of US Netflix, which I am, uh, why not take a spin in the UK? Hello, I'm Michael Bisbing. I would watch him on Netflix. Uh, Nord VPN, click the button, Bob's your uncle, you can go global. You can watch Netflix in Japan. I don't know all the countries that have different Netflix, but you can go there with Nord VPN. And um, security wise, uh, we all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information and insert ENC encrypted. Stay in school so you never have to worry about uh, your IP or location getting out. I don't even know what an IP is, but I guess I don't want it out. Stay away from my IPs, you guys. Uh, don't forget, uh, there's literally no risk and 30 day money back guarantee. Give it a try. If you like it, great. If you don't, then they'll refund it. Bob will be your uncle. Check out nordvpn.com slash wolf. Get your subscription started today. Thanks guys. Cycling and road cycling. Yes, so road difference? cycling, but as opposed to like, um, BMX or velodrome track cycling. Okay. So it's just like long distance. How centers. long? Um, the Tokyo race course was 68 kilometers. Oh very, um, but they go by time because the, <clears throat> you climb for like 3,000 feet in that. Yeah, so, so altitude as well. Yeah, anywhere in altitude. Uh. But yeah, it was pretty lucky. Do you Wait, train? Biathlon is with the gun too, right? With the yes. shooting? And Wait. You... Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah, so there's custom force force, cross country skiing and shooting. And that started out as a military um, sport, actually. So you ski a lap, and you come into the range, and you hit five targets. And for every target you miss, mm -hmm. depending on what event it is, you ski a penalty <clears throat> loop before you go out to do the other loop. Or if it's the individual, you have a minute per penalty for miss. Wait, do you win gold in that? I finally did for the first time this past year. When you win gold in that, does the KGB or like the <laughs> FBI or something, <laughs> do they come in and say they want to like hire you? No. To like do a job? <laughs> no? That's never happened? You can't just tell us? We have a, we have a top secret mission for you. <laughs> <laughs> this phone will explode in 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that hasn't happened. It's coming. Yeah. Miss Periwinkle. Um, uh, what a, so I, I know I've, I don't have all these these facts correct, but you were training, was it for Beijing or, or was it the Olympics before that? 
So if it's in the book, it's um, Pyeongchang. Yeah. Pyeongchang. Yeah. You're training for it and dislocated your elbow. Yeah. <clears throat> Slipped on the ice in a parking lot. Yes. On right a parking it. lot that was an accessible handicap parking lot, too. <laughs> In training. Okay, this is the thing. Is like I fall all the time. Okay, just take us through that because you were you were in the mountains training, right? Yes, we were in Bozeman, Montana, and we are about a month away from leaving for well, a month away from leave like the game starting the start day of the Paralympics. Mm. Two weeks from leaving the game for the games in Korea, South Korea, and um, I was walking and I fall. All the time. I've replayed this over in my head because I'm just still like, why? How does this happen? And when you get when you learn how to walk, the first thing you do is you learn how to fall because it's just yeah. the nature of it. You're gonna do it. I'm best friends with the floor. And I like literally I was walking <clears throat> and there was black ice on there. And the way I walked with them were double above the knee amputee against <clears> the <throat> heel, like touches first, and I can't feel where I'm walking. And so I turn really quickly to get the keys out of the car. And then I extend my arm. Never do that when you're falling. And I fell and I didn't know I dislocated my elbow and then ended up fracturing the radius bone either before at that time. I've done that. <sighs> yeah. Finally have some in common. But like, did you know what happened? Like, yeah, so mine, I couldn't move it. Mine came out of the back of my arm. So yeah, yeah, it went this way, and then like I ended up like I couldn't feel it, so like I had to like carry my hand this way, and in the process of it, I think I slid it back in, but I couldn't move it. And I sat there for a very very long time, and <laughs> they're like my teammates were with me because we were gonna go go get brunch. They saw it. Yeah, well, the, so I don't think they knew like what happened. I didn't know what happened. I felt. So many different types of pain, and yeah. I'm really good. My boyfriend makes fun of me because I'm like, "Oh my god, I've got like my arm hurts," or I don't know, like it feels like razors are coming out of this. And he's like, "Really, Oksana? Have you felt ten thousand razors coming out of this? Like, Is that exactly how it hurts? How do you know?" <laughs> this pain, I've never felt anything like it. Yeah. And I've like when I had my second leg amputated, they, the epidural shifted and numbed the wrong one. So I have a very high pain tolerance and I know what kind of pain is. Wait, <clears throat> you can't just, you can't just say that quickly. The epidural shifted to the other leg. Yeah, to the leg that was amputated when I was nine. To the leg that was amputated, so you felt them amputating your leg. Well, when I woke up from the surgery. When you woke up. Oh, I see, the epidural shifted and so Yeah, and so like, I felt the in that pain. In that pain, my leg was just amputated, it was in a cast, and um, they nine. were telling, no, so I was 14, that was my second amputation. Whatever. So, <laughs> and then so my still mom, I, I was saying- 28, like, I don't care, that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, the doctors are saying how like, she has a low pain tolerance, like she just has to give her medication time, so it was days before they actually trusted me too. Oh. And it wasn't working, and, and then they realized my whole left side, oh. was, um, I couldn't move it, but this one was having like the spasms and moving everywhere, and. What was hurting is because it was a last minute change in the surgery from below the knee to above the knee. They didn't plan enough, so it was an open hole because the suture opened and you can see what? the bone. What? You're so, so awesome. Like, no, so like, I say all that. That's because... the sickest shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> you just won so hard. Yeah, well done. Well, I out. only say that because 
say that because okay, so I knew that pain, and so I knew a very level, different levels of pain. Yeah. I never felt this type of a pain yeah. before, so I knew there's something wrong. Yeah. But you proceeded to have brunch. I proceeded to go have brunch, and the only way I As you know, do, we should hang out. Brunch, first of all, you don't skip brunch and mimosa and coffee. Like, I would like to fight a bunch of people with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you, you and I got to get out of here. I am pretty scrappy. We got to kick some ass first, you know. <laughs> I feel like we do well. <laughs> I had a feeling this might happen. Yeah. Holy shit. That's the toughest story I've ever heard in my life. But then, I think. like, the only reason I knew, like, I actually decided to call and, like, I should get this checked out is I'm a huge coffee drinker. I love coffee. And I have not taken a sip of it at all. And it's, like, 30 minutes into everyone's having their food. And I'm just like, I think I have to go in. There's something not right. And it was getting hotter and tighter. And then I couldn't move my arm. And I couldn't feel my fingers. Went in. Got the worst case scenario news that you can't compete at the games at all. Like you ended up in the process of dislocating it, ripped off the ligaments and fracturing oh. the. Uh, is that the the scar? Yeah, but I love this. So because I have screws in here. Uh, same. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god, the same scar as I didn't dislocate my knee, <laughs> and I didn't have brunch afterwards. I, <laughs> I broke mine and went straight to the hospital for uh, the record. Oh my god. And they numbed it, and you still were in pain. And they numbed it, and I went under, and they screwed it in, and I probably cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I love wait. these scars because they're family scars. I got to. They're, like, badass scars. Have, have you ever fought a shark? No. Right. But, but I the story about continues. it, and I'm going to go. Maybe next on the list. It gets, it gets more metal. Just wait. Go. Go. Do it. Do Why? Be more metal. No. Then what happened? Yeah, but I'm... Your story. What happened? <laughs> I, how did... Um, well, so like, yeah, they say, like, I went to well, a lot of doctors and they say that, like, it's over, you're gay, you're not going to. I hate, they always, what is that? <laughs> Why do they always say that? But how, how far away are you from the games? The start of the games at that, at that point is three weeks for the start yeah. of the games. Wait. And then. <laughs> the games is three weeks away. Her elbow is dislocated. Wait, this story ends in you being in the Olympics still? I ended up, yeah. And oh, what, what was scary is this is the first time I was going in, finally, like, I didn't have any sponsors. Like, so, London, Rio, and Sochi, I had no sponsors. I slept out of my car trying to pursue these dreams, and I was entering these games, finally, with someone believing in me, and I had sponsors. And and not only that, but finally, for the first time, my fourth Paralympic Games, I believed I could be a gold medalist and worthy of achieving it and actually not just dreaming it. Um, because of the year before, I won my first world championship gold medal. And so it was, things were finally starting to go up in my athleticism and my sports. And, and then that happens, classic, because why not just really put that nail in the coffin? And, um, but my coach, Arlene Carey, she was like, we're going to go get a second opinion and went to Vail Stedman Clinic and that doctor said, yes, we can do it, but you're going to risk potentially never using that arm again and getting permanent nerve damage. If you want to risk it, this is the plan. You have to follow it. I'm sure you had the exact same plan of like you want to achieve this goal. Uh, I wasn't heading to the Olympics <laughs> when I broke my elbow, so not quite, but I, I feel a fraction of that, yes. <laughs> um, and like... <clears throat> Yeah, so I follow that plan. We get into um, South Korea. We land there, go to Team Crossing for Team USA and get our clothes and stuff. And then I leave early. 
still don't know. I was on snow once to try it to see if I can even, I have this bracelet, a bracelet, brace to wear that immobilized my arm. Um, and it's got like cortisone shot in there and it was supposed to help with the pain. Mm. I thought I was going to take away the pain. It did no. not do anything. No, I not one bit. Yeah, so I I don't, that was very, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but then the start of the game, like I, like the day before, I still didn't decide. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to compete. Because what's going to happen is I'm down to one functioning arm. And I've gone this four years. I'm not going to waste four years of training for this. Yeah. sacrificing everything for this. Yeah. And I just want to see where Fuck I am. Yeah. And so I lined up and went and I ended up. First race, getting a silver medal, and was not expecting Shut. that. And then halfway through the games, I ended up falling because of the snow onto that arm that I yeah. injured, yeah. re-injured it. Oh. And that's where the ligaments entirely came off. Oh, you- so like then they said, it's over. But what was devastating were two best events. So cross-country skiing, the sprint was the next day. And they were, got x-rays and everything, and like, it's over. And at that time, I had um, a, two silvers, a silver and a bronze medal. And then I never, my, my nightmare is getting a DNF, not finishing. Because yeah. I don't care if I'm dead last, I'm going to finish that race if I'm yeah. dead last coming across it. And so it was heartbreaking not to finish it. Um, and then I'm just rambling on, but yeah, long story short, like I don't care. I like I'm, I want to race the sprint. I know I'm probably gonna get dead last. I just want to race it. So they went and taped my arm up, locked it in this position, and I was like, so I couldn't use my arm. And the next day, so I one off day, we practiced on the erg. The next day was the sprint, and that was the race I got my first gold medal in at the Paralympic Games. Can I hug you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to hug. I want to. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> but it's- Holy shit, you guys! Nobody's more decent. You're the. No. You're the. I don't know anybody tougher than you. No. I don't know how you do that. Uh, I mean, I get you, it. You guys? Are you kidding me? Yeah, but I feel like I even have an understanding. I've tried to do what you did in a different. I've had an injury where I was like, I don't care. I'm going in it. I care so much, and I couldn't do it. My leg didn't work. I blew my knee out and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to still be in it. And I had Barry Zaritsky icing it and, <laughs> and then I taped it in all this crazy way. And then I went to pump and I taught, I snapped my ACL off. Oh, so when I went to pump, it yeah. didn't do anything. Didn't, didn't matter what I said. Oh, my, my leg was like, you're not in the contest. Yeah. Like, and I remember being so devastated. And it's heartbreaking. You worked so hard for that. And so it's yeah. like, like out of your control, just like that. Just like, yeah, but you didn't, you managed to make it work. And I'm like, I could say it's just your arm, but it's like, that's half of yeah. your, that's how you get well, so there. Yeah, because when I ski, I don't. I take my legs off. I don't use my legs, yeah. so I rely on it. And because of my anatomy, I ski very differently, anyways. But um, were there any um, alternates that were on the sidelines? Like, no, because you only earn your spot. So that means if I didn't race, like that slot. No one, no one else gets it. Okay, yeah, I was yeah. wondering if there are people like, are you kidding me? You're really gonna do it. How was your? Yeah. Well, I think like everyone was really nervous because exactly what that doctor said was 
I would ruin my arm. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was asking. Was there any? Yeah, so I ended effects? up. Um, the ulnar nerve was busted, and like also like sh- like was very very loose. So I can't use. Not that I could use my hands to begin with very well, but I lost the function like in these two pinkies and like can't use it really well. So at do all. they feel numb, or you just yeah, can't move numb. them? They feel numb. Yeah, numb, and I can't like I can move them, but they're not as strong. They're weak. Are there any regrets about that? No. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I figured not, so, but I had to ask. <laughs> not one single, because like, you know, there, um, I was watching, like, I forgot, I was watching the Birth of Big Air or something documentary, and Matt Hoffman said something about like, how, this is exactly like, you guys live this way too, like, you push your bodies, and like, your body is just like this thing that you're just living, and I don't, he said something along the lines, I forgot how, but like, that you push it to an extreme like you don't want, I want to leave this earth like knowing I did everything I could with my body yeah. and just like not leave it all like I want the scars I want this because I lived it to the fullest and yep. that's like what he was basically saying and that resonated with me I'm like this is just skin and bone it's gonna heal if it doesn't heal so what I want to know like know what ifs the dragons <laughs> I feel that I could have done without my current scar I'd be yeah. okay without that one but yeah I feel you. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's pretty. Um... That story got—I mean, that—that that story got me so much because I'm reading it, and I didn't—I knew you were successful, but I didn't know all the details of it. And then when I was reading, it, I was like, oh, "Oh, that sucks. She, she couldn't get to the Olympics." And I was like, "Oh, she's going. That's pretty hardcore." And I'm, she won, and I—I I did it and couldn't make it. I just—I—I I got knocked out in a contest, in an X game ESPN contest, and I shattered my wrist. So when I woke up, I realized my wrist was shattered and they tried to take me to get the ambulance. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna finish this contest. Cause it was the first and only time in my career where if I made my ride, I was gonna win. And that yeah. was, that's never happened to me. So I was like, make your ride. I didn't even realize that I couldn't use that hand anymore, but I taped yeah. it up with duct tape and tried to do my last ride. And my wrist moved. And it just made my legs collapse. And then I said, "Okay, you can ambulance. I can. I'll, I will now get in your ambulance." <laughs> but oh I, I wanted that so bad. But when yeah. this, it went, and then my legs went, yeah, and I just skidded across yeah. the flat. Like, oh, okay, I'll go because there was so much pain. The drive to feel that much pain, like even to fall on it and then reheard it and then. Don't know it's not over. Get up, still go. That's like not a. You know, I'm a driven person. Obviously, he's maybe a little more driven than me. And then you might make him know. look like a toddler, like sucking on his thumb when it comes to drugs. <laughs> not true. Oh it's, my god. No, that's but that's another level. And if I feel like if and you should take that because if anyone would know about you know me caring about doing well and and being in pain, we know, and that is. I've even had this. But you know, I'm I've lucky that it, I was able to like to get it. Like it was my elbow, and I think obviously if it was my knee or something. Like it would have been very, very different for sure. So I'm very, very lucky. But I think it's yeah. I don't know if it's luck. I feel like it's more yeah drive, I, I, and you just seem like a furious soul. You know, like I feel like like you said, like you don't care what your body's trying to do to hold you back. You're going to go for it. I feel like that's the same with everybody. Like if you're if your soul is like, because I burn to, to rip 
know what I mean? Like I live to fucking fly around and my biggest fear is like every year I'm like, oh, if I'm, wow, I'm really sore today. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, what's it like next year? Like how much sore can a person get before they quit? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? If I wake up in the morning and go, ah, ah, the pain. We'll let you know exactly like, why would I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would so I go? I'm already feeling bad though, I think. <laughs> but that's why I wanted to write this book because I think for me, like, what I going through that whole process was in, the, in those races, I think in some ways, what I went through in Ukraine, what I fought through and survived through was what I needed right. to get through the games in this moment. Right. And it's like, you, I couldn't see it in that whole grand scheme of how life works out and why you dealt the cards you dealt. But maybe because 30 years later, it's, to help you in this moment. It's a very therapeutic way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Because it's like some well, things happened to, to me in my childhood that I think made when things got tough, they didn't seem that tough to me because I've been through worse. Right. And I feel like that helped. I mean, does that mean like, yeah, wow, thanks everybody that did that to my child? Yeah. That, no. It, but, it gets dicey when you look at it. Where it's, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, but I know. We, we endure them. <laughs> we endure these things. Yeah. But it's yeah. but it for you that you're right because I don't think a lot of people could. But that's our journey, for sure. And, and yeah, I, you know, I feel that way on a smaller scale. In that I I was bullied as a kid, and that made me resilient to all this criticism. Yeah. Even today, like people talk shit on social media, whatever. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Outside noise. Yeah, that's just it's just noise, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, your story is just so it's so inspiring uh, that you made it through and. You're just coming off of the ESPYs, <laughs> where you were nominated for three ESPYs. Three ESPYs, which is the first time a Paralympic athlete or an adaptive athlete has been nominated. Yes, yeah. it's crazy to have like in the census to get like nominated for the same amount of ESPYs as Stephen Curry was because he was nominated for three ESPYs. Yeah, and um, one of the craziest ones was best female athlete, which just. With all with all the other able bodied athletes. Wait, you didn't win? No, because Who beat you? Katie Ledecky, rightfully so. But she's a swimmer. So what? Did her heart come off? What are you talking about? (laughs) Katie Ledecky had an incredible Did she dodge a shark while she was in there? (laughs) (laughs) Did it bite off her leg and she was like, ah, I'll still I'll still keep going and then won the fucking gold with half a leg? No. But Get it's incredible. She had an incredible Tokyo Games. And then, like, I mean, I don't know how she's doing it, but then she's like setting her own records, beating her own records, and resetting records. And she's an incredible athlete. I'm not saying that's but, not incredible. I'm just saying, what's up? I got, <laughs> that's yeah. I'm saying. It was, I was pretty, like, so, like, I don't even know because, like, I competed in Tokyo and then six months later, Beijing, and to go from two gold medals in Tokyo and then seven medals in Beijing was insane. Yeah, but the, it was just what's amazing. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's just you're you're breaking through these glass ceilings where you were you were nominated. That's, everyone yeah, else, yeah. and that you know that's a huge milestone. Yeah, good point. Yeah, in like the adaptive community, and and for like I feel like with skateboarding and like the sports I do, they're like out in the U.S. It's like football, track and field, swimming, yeah. like soccer. Those are those considered sports, and yeah. so they're not as highlighted and so underrepresented in the U.S. and seeing, like, for me, the cycling, cross-country skiing, it's still, like, 
people don't know what it is. Right. It's so frustrating. And so to be able to, when they're doing a little montage of all the nominees, someone's going to see that sport of cycling. Yeah. They see that bike, that just hand cycle, and sitting down and skiing alongside Katie Ledecky or Suni Lee doing gymnastics. Right. Oh, it's huge. Candace it's, Parker. It's hugely important. And see the word parallel. Absolutely. It's just an exciting time. It is. I, well, like Felipe Nunez, who is skater, <clears throat> double MBT, and he's in town right now for X Games because he's going to enter the best trick. So he's not entering the best trick adaptive. He's just he's in the best trick and he's probably going to do well. Yeah. Because um, people. And for people to recognize that too. Yeah. Just best trick. So you don't have to do best trick in a dis- with a disability or like that like line. Yeah, there's no asterisk. Because that's the other category, third category for the SPs I was nominating was best athlete with a disability and i just i just even hate writing it and saying it because yeah it's like i'm the only gay guy that ever did the loop and if everybody made a big deal about that i'd be like really yeah wait did my gayness make it more difficult i was not aware of that <laughs> <laughs> i'm the first you're the first i was i'm the only wait who gay looped <laughs> i'm the gay looper right I like the pause. Wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm a gay liberal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let's stop my own show, the gay liberal. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> or like, that's your, that's your Chiron, you know, your, your title when they give you. Jason Ellis, gay liberal. Jason Gay Looper Ellis for like my fighting name. <laughs> you have people that like the pit bull or whatever, like gay looper. <laughs> It makes total sense even when you don't get it. <laughs> I look like a gay looper, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, no. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Love it. Moment of my life. Uh, <laughs> oh, we did. We did some skating. Before yes. This. Yeah, we taught you kick turns in like. That was pretty cool. Three minutes. I feel so I, bad. I feel like I disappointed you. I did not hear it now at all. How does that work? And I sweated all over your ramp. I'm so sorry. You, okay. I. Uh, he's I've been much worse on the ramp. But Sweat, I, blood, tears. I, I have a sweating problem. Like when I'm here, you know I'm here because there's. <laughs> he, changes, make, he changes shirts a couple times during session. No, do you know? I make, I think, wet, I I make wet puddles though. wherever I. Stand. My boyfriend at the SBs had a cloth walking behind me, tapping my like tapping my back because I was sweating. I, yeah, I, I need my wife to do that. <laughs> that is a good idea. There are times when. Uh, he is he is probably the worst defender of that. Yeah. Um, there are times when he falls and then he leaves yeah. a, a trail. I clean of the ramp, sweat, and you have to avoid that part of the ramp on your next run because it's too slippery. Oh my god, that's a real thing that happens here. Yeah. All right, <laughs> so so, so don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, you're okay. fine. Okay, yeah, but but I mean, think about it. this day started. We got here early, and this day started with you getting on the skateboard. Like I don't know well, how should I how should I sit on it. Should I go sideways? Should I do this? And it ended with you doing a backside kick turn to a frontside kick turn. Yeah. You're making it seem like I actually nailed this and I did it. I it video. that is it's like a chopped up version. Video. I like, can't. You did. No one, no one has ever come here and not not been on a skateboard <laughs> and then did two kick turns. Yeah. that's never happened. Yes, yeah. you need to take it. You're, you're also your skateboard. That's what happened. Like, that, that was. We're gonna give you one of these too. This is our not so subtle way of promoting that we still have these available, but we are giving these. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to like literally on the plane, take my legs off and just like 
Bro, That's what Felipe playing. does. Really? That's what he gets to the airport, yeah. When he doesn't have his legs. And they're okay with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, Felipe went to, uh, he went to uh, Denmark for the Copenhagen <gasps> Open. Yeah. And uh, he flew there and then, you know, he has those pro- new prosthetics that he's been using. Yeah. But because he skated so hard and he fell a bunch, his legs were swollen so they didn't fit in him. So he had to check him in his bags. Lost him. That's cool. They've been gone for like three weeks. Knock in the back. Who knows? Who sells the legs? Like, it's or they sell them. They're just, they just—they didn't they lose them. it. They never lose the bag. <laughs> I think they think... took the bag. <laughs> That's how it goes. What well, fell out the uh, in the air? Like, fell out the door. Opening the bag though, and just seeing a leg—like, who does that? How do you? How do you just? I mean, th- but it, but there's there's this ripple effect for him where he drove his car to Sao Paulo with his legs, and now his car's in Sao Paulo. He can't drive it home. It's on his legs. You don't have a buddy. Well, I mean, he's going to have to figure it out. Hey. Yeah. But the Davison who helps him, Davison is joking to him. He's like, man, you got to stop losing your legs. <laughs> oh. If you but find I'm... me there, I'll drive him home. Okay. Oh. <laughs> he's coming here, actually. He's coming to meet you. I know. I, I really want to tell him, like, my processes because I get how hard it is to, um, that, the whole process of the socket fitting and mm-hmm. just... And that's what people don't realize when you just lose someone's legs or a wheelchair or a bag or whatever. It's devastating. Yeah, well, you don't you don't just go online and yeah, order it, Amazon it, right? and then it's going to show up. No, it takes. No, I watched time. it. He, he had to go. He, he had to go to DC. The, the people that did his prosthetics, they were awesome. Um, he had to go to DC twice, once for the fitting, and then yeah, they were working it out, and then we went back for for getting the final legs, and then they had to actually sent them to him later because they were still tweaking yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and I thought that he wasn't going to take them that well, but then he started to really like them and walking through airports and stuff like that. And now they're gone. It sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I appreciate your offer for help, but I'm stoked that he gets to meet you. And, um, well, um, I can't wait to meet him and figure out his tricks and how he figured it out. Because <laughs> you're on your way. <laughs> yeah, he would definitely. But be I'm able to I'm Sorry, Aaron, for introducing to another oh thing. Oh my gosh. The poor house. I'm going to like rearrange the whole. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. House. But like it's why I'm sitting here, and I, I'm a part of me. I'm not gonna lie, is like thinking about like feeling it and like riding the board and just like trying to think about how I'm gonna do this trick. You didn't mention you threw her off the ramp. No, and I, wow. and I freaked out. I was just standing in, and I look up, and Tony just threw her off the ramp. Oh my god! Yeah, no legs at all. My legs are gone. <laughs> That's kind of what happens when you come here. We went up to the deck of the ramp. Yeah. And I said, you can slide down this if you want. Yeah. And she's like, how do I do that? And I explained how you do it. And then I would pull on her hands. And Throw off the ramp. She immediately scooted herself to the coping. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is happening right now. I didn't say she didn't want to get thrown off the ramp. <laughs> but the th- I don't think throwing is the right verb. Sounds cool. Okay. I got video. So that's what I'm going to do. I, would no. you say I threw you? I got a video on my phone. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna edit it and show my wife. I'm like, don't you just grab this lady? He parties in the morning. You gotta watch him in the morning. It's risky. It was. I feel so bad because you you had me. I was like, wait a minute. Moment of panic. Yeah, 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 yeah. She said, wait a minute, and then you just threw her. You guys. The hard part is when when people do have a panic. I, I could have pulled you back up. Yeah. Some people. I, I some you. people I don't have that option with. Because they're too heavy for me to pull back up. And oh. like, we were just going. This is happening. We're going. And then they don't want to let go. Or they want to let go of one side. So then oh they end up like God. sliding down sideways. Like, ah! 
No, I you wanted did. to go. You I just did. didn't want to be like that. Because I'm a very awkward person. So, like, I would have, like, froze or, like, done something or broken the other arm. I don't know. But so much fun. Like, literally just, like, feet falling and, like, screaming the whole way. It was so fun. And Pretty so cool, I right? wanted to do it again. But my hair weighs a lot, so I'm not going to have you, like, keep holding <laughs> me there and, like, dropping me down. Yeah, keep using that one. Yeah, what is it? It's a lot. Because I, it's, well, I downsize and take my legs off. <laughs> is is your hair ever an issue with any of the sports? No. No. No, not really. It's like there's only time when you have to wear the ugly time trial helmets and trying to beat you with Did you have to do the, the shooting with your elbow like that? That's yes. That was what was really, really hard. So when I shoot um in Pyeongchang with a broken elbow and getting down into position, the day before the biathlon race. Um, like my coach spent forever trying to create a donut because I couldn't wake her on this arm. Yeah. Like, you know, like you guys both know, you can't just like, use your arm the same way. And so, like getting down on the floor and then flipping around, um, they created this massive donut that like offloaded the weight. But when I shoot, the yeah, like well, so it's an air rifle, like the oh, okay. because person with a disability in Japan cannot use a firearm at all. And so, like in the Paralympics, they try to cater to all these countries that have access to that sport. Yeah. That's the only way to do it was with the air rifle. So it's an air rifle, ten meter range, a thirteen millimeter target. So like when you watch it on TV, you see the black, but it's not the full black. It's like inside of it, a dime mm. go in there. That's what you hit. Is the air rifle powerful enough to keep the bullet straight, or does it drop a little bit? Like the actual rifle? No, like There's you still bullet. like. Like you have to time. You have to. You have like, to aim differently. No, it's just Is like it your gun. Yeah, okay. so I have okay. like a weird looking gun because my because of my hands too, and so what a lot of people don't realize is my when I shoot, I can't feel the trigger finger, and so when you're on position, you don't want to let go of the gun to yeah. bolt. You you hold on, and then you use the finger that you shoot with to rebolt because. You're shifting position to find your natural point of aim, aim again, and so I don't actually feel the trigger. And this is not because I broke my elbow. This is just because you know one of the many million radiation things that cause me to have my birth defects. And I, the way I do it when I shoot the gun is I contract my forearm, and that's how I pull the trigger back. And so, so she's pulling her arm back instead of hitting the trigger. Not, not pulling yeah. it, just like tightening. So if you oh, like, tightening, okay. So if you just like tighten your form, like that's how I do it. And that's because oh, I can't I see. feel. And that, and gives I, your, that gives your finger enough movement? Yeah, like just the pressure. And so like I only have, I don't have that third joint. So right. like, you would be like shooting with like this joint like, right here. But I'm doing it with that. And so I see. Just, like, so um, is it the trigger touchy or less touchy for... Like to, to for me, it's like um, it's normal because it's standard. There's like a range; you can't have it too soft okay. because then it would just. But you have to hold the the target longer because of that. Like, I have right? to reposition every time. So, like instead of just getting in position and just like shooting, 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 and it's smooth, I have to find my natural point of aim every time. So when you do biathlon, the clock is on you. It oh, just okay. Takes a while, and in the Paralympics, they don't give you. You get different classifications are based on your core function, but they don't actually consider your hand dexterity in that sport at all. So I'm def like I definitely am working against some things yeah. in some ways. But I rely on my skiing. So they're like, well, you're doing well. So 
So yeah, really care to... about trying to make it fair for because there's some other athletes that have hand dexterities that can't do that sport. But yeah, that definitely made it very challenging having like you still managed to win. So I got I think second yeah, and that was crazy because that next final second in that was, event okay. second in that event, but that was the first time I cleaned. Cleaning means you hit all your targets. Oh, okay. 30, oh, means, that's sick. 30 means like you miss a target. The stages. <coughs> okay. Three, and it was the one where you have minute penalties. And I was so shocked that I cleaned. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God, I cleaned. Wait, if you miss, you have to wait a minute? <clears throat> or they minute just take adds a minute? Oh, they just add a minute. To your time Sorry. at yeah. the end. That my coach was like, just go ski, ski, or whatever. I'm like, I cleaned. Oh my God, I cleaned. And I was freaking out. Your coach is there? Yeah, you're a biathlon coach because you have um, he scopes and watches shots. You can't communicate on the range. He can't tell you where the wind is or where your shot was from the first shot to the fifth shot. So when I was going back on course, he left the range to tell me where I was and give me my splits. How do you know where the wind is? There's wind flags and you okay. have to know. You either take clicks or you shade. Oh, wow. Yeah. Next level. KGB. Totally. <laughs> Dude, so fascinating. Just want to thank you for thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for writing the story, the hard parts. Thank you so much for your kind words and the flirt that you did for my book and reading it. It's like, oh, like, please! I was like, oh my god! It was the least I could do. It was. It really is like it's just it's riveting. Do you have an audio book for people that are not great at reading? There will be an audio. There will book. be good. Yeah. I'll be ready for that. <laughs> how's your How's your Russian these days or Ukrainian? Uh, non-existent. I want to learn Ukrainian because I really, really, my goal and my dream is to meet my birth family so bad. And um, I know that they're alive and in communication with my birth brothers and stuff, but I don't know if I'm actually. Oh, you, you, have, you have verification they're alive. Yeah, that's why. So most recently, because the book ends mm-hmm. in Pyeongchang, it doesn't cover what happened in Tokyo and beyond, and um, that's what in Beijing I was <laughs> going from the podium, going home, and that's all I could think about was, and then I was like, am I gonna hear from my birth family, and my brothers? I, I haven't heard from my that yeah that that story too when you went back to visit the orphanage and the guy was kind of swindling you, um, and. But he's found your family, or I, it was so shady how it happened. It, yeah, it seemed really sketchy, and they were just kind of they were used, using her as a PR tool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, where she just he went out of the goodness of her heart to go visit the orphanage, and they were just saw this opportunity, and we're doing stuff behind the scenes, and then it just sounded really traumatic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't know at that time I wanted. Like, I knew I wanted to meet my find my birth family. I was not ready mentally to meet my birth family because I. I'm thankful for them for giving me away, but I also have a lot of resentment because, like, I just went through some stuff that, like, why? And um, so you just have to be in the right place to meet them. And it's, like, one of those things, I don't know if you've ever been in something, like, where you're, like, you dream about it all the time, you picture it, and you, but then when you realize it's actually there. Watch what you wish for. You're, like, oh, shit, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I was ready I wasn't, and I said, he asked me, do you want to ever meet your family? I said, yes, one day, but only right now, just to know the health records and medicals, you know, what's going to, like, what do I look for? Um, next thing you know, 
he surprises me surprises me to let me know oh i just got the phone with your mom and dad you have two brothers they were ready to meet you right now and i was supposed to give a talk and instead i ended up bawling in the u.s embassy guys my office in this room it just hit me because i realized like oh my god like that was just such a shaky move yeah and well i wish you the best when it happens and i know you're going to do it when you're ready and um, don't have to be amazing. You know, you don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to, but I want to. I want to know like why, who I got this crazy hairline from in my nose. <laughs> There's a couple bones I have to fix. Like, who was the one that's sweating? Oh wow! Please check. I have a way. Yeah. Let's go through it. <laughs> have a checklist. Get ready for it. Well, um, hey, thanks for joining us. It was really fun. It was a fun seeing skate. It was. It was Fascinating hearing your story. I love the book and you're amazing. And I feel like your future is only brighter. And Aaron, thanks. <laughs> do you got an Instagram Very, and stuff? I do. What is it? Books on a master's. Okay. All right. Like and subscribe. Thank you, guys. Oh my God. Thank, you. Thank you so much. You can see our tag, man. We see like and describe. Like and describe? Like and describe. Like Into and that describe. camera. Like and describe. See ya. Close your eyes. It's time to discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bedsheets or skincare, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Now, open your eyes. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22.